You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is the Practice Report. It is brought to you by Byers Auto. That is Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. We are one day closer to Ohio State and Penn State on Saturday night at 7.30. Still a pretty focused Ohio State team, but also uh, some guys out here talking uh, following practice that are pretty darn confident as well. And that starts with Denzel Burke, the true freshman cornerback. I think uh, one of the main takeaways will be Berm, he said, uh, Jahan Dotson, there's nothing he couldn't handle. Okay. I mean, I believe <laughs> it. I believe, there's nothing we've seen so far to Denzel Burke this year that should indicate that there's going to be all of a sudden a receiver that he can't play with at least half the time. I, I don't think this is a situation where he's going to go out there and be intimidated just because Jahan Dotson had a really good game against Ohio State the last couple of years. And quite frankly, why, why would he? You know, why would he? Everything that Denzel Burke has done from the minute he got on campus has exceeded people's expectations. And I think at some point, maybe we should just realize that the expectations are now the standard. Everybody's expectations but his own. The first thing he was asked, like, are you still surprised at all that you've started every single game at cornerback for Ohio State as a true freshman? And he said, no, that's what he thought he would do. And it's the wild thing is we talked about him a few weeks ago just about the, you know, the swagger that he has and the comparisons, whether it was Bradley Roby or whoever else. He said those things today just so matter-of-factly, Spencer. Like, yeah, I mean, it's nothing I can't handle. I see good players in practice every day. Uh, I thought I would start from day one. Like, it's crazy. The confidence, he doesn't even say it in a cocky way. It's just straight business for him. Yeah, it's all confidence. It's all business. And you saw him against, you know, let's just go down the list, against Oregon, who has pretty good wide receivers, a bunch of four-star guys. The tight ends are the ones who did the damage. It wasn't the wide receivers. Denzel Burke was covering them. You saw him last week against Ty Freifogel, who torched Ohio State last year, and he was a non-factor in that game this year. You know, every guy that he's gone against where we've kind of questioned whether he can truly handle it, whether we say it out loud or whether it's just, you know, one of those burning questions throughout the week, he's been able to handle it. I don't think Jahan Dotson's any different just because this guy's a top-of-the-line pro prospect. Well, newsflash. Denzel Burke's got three more years, and he's a top-of-the-line pro prospect as well. I think he's down to two and a half years at this yeah, point. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Seasons. But when you yeah. when you look at this guy, he's just a super confident. And like you said, the, the thing that jumps off the, off the page is the fact that he's just confident. There's no cockiness involved. It's just strict and confident. And he's really smooth in the way he delivers it. Yeah, he talks matter-of-factly. You know, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna chime in a second ago. Did Ty Frafogel even play last week? <laughs> I was gonna be a smart aleck, but yeah. But That's John, okay. da- Dawson will be the best receiver he's gone against this year, in my opinion, uh, on Saturday night. So we'll see how that confrontation goes. How many times they're, they're in the loop. But I'm, what, I'm just, from day one, I've been just amazed at this guy's physical ability and then his mental toughness of playing cornerback right out of the gate in major college football because you know a lot of guys have to learn how to play the game and then they have to develop physically he's got both of those going for him and like I said you know he reminds me more of Denzel Ward when Denzel Ward was really good that last season uh, than anybody else I've seen here in in recent times just because the way he handles himself how fast he is when he needs to be how he's now 
sort of setting up receivers, hoping they'll throw the ball his way, because I'm not sure how many balls even, I asked him about that, how many balls even got thrown his way right. on Saturday at Indiana. So, yes, this guy, you know, maybe he should sometimes keep things to himself, but uh, but if they're fact, well, yeah. you know, that's well, not why? bragging. Like, I, I, yeah, well, I'm, you I'm, gotta I'm have, with you, buddy. <laughs> you got to have that part of the it game. It certainly helps us. Yeah, I'm with it, you. I think it's great that we have that to talk about, because, you know, it'd be one thing if he said it every week and it wasn't true on Saturday. This guy is backing it up in games. Yeah. And he's not the only uh, true freshman doing that, of course. And there's one on offense that could probably use Denzel Brooks' workload. Yeah, I mean, Trevion Henderson, again, we, we, we asked him tonight, like, are you ready to get a full game's worth of work? And, of course, he is, but also he doesn't care. He's getting the ball 10, 12 times a game, scoring three touchdowns a game, getting 100 yards a game, and just – he said it, if we're up by 50 points, why yeah. do I need to play? Yeah. And it shows we're talking about maturity about these freshmen, that understanding to say, I don't need to put myself in, or the team in this position. So when you're, when you're averaging two touchdowns a game as a freshman, you're right out of the gate, you're doing something very well. And I even <laughs> asked him if that, uh, if that list he told us he had in his head included the 18 touchdowns that Maurice Claret scored a freshman record at Ohio State, and he, he wasn't aware of it. Well, you know? I, I think part of that, Tim, uh, and he's he, gonna get that. is probably because he has bigger goals like, yeah well he, I know but we're talking about you no, know, no I know but steps. when he's making the list like he, he's probably never seen an Ohio State media guy and like all right well there's a different section for freshmen well he'd I'm, never seen Ohio State before he enrolled well, so but I'm just saying he's probably looking at the bigger picture how many total touchdowns did somebody have how what's what's a single season record I know that he did talk about that after breaking our yeah. single game record yeah but that's also one that like. But you got to take steps, you know. I mean, and and this guy. But he. His steps are very. This guy great. has been the most impactful freshman running back that that I've covered at Ohio State. And now guys came along like J.K. Dobbins came along. I mean, he was great in that first game, you know, and kind of, you know, he and Mike Weber had you got whatever. Me there, Tim. But no, he Maurice definitely. Maurice was certainly more impactful. No, Maurice Claret right out of the gate was yeah. But 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 like you you and I talked about on my podcast. If anything, they overused him early, yeah. and by the end of that year, he was yeah, he was up. a mid unit, you know, and uh, and <laughs> a little medical, banged up, I'd exactly say. right. He was a lot banged up, you yeah. know, especially at Purdue game, you know, the holy Buckeye, you know, he dropped his shoulder three times and had to get pulled from the game. My point is, I think they're using him, I think they're bringing him along correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we've agreed on that. Totally agree. Travion Anderson, right now, this is a weird comparison, but stick with me. He kind of reminds oh me of. He kind of reminds me of the best pitcher in baseball. You show up every fifth day, you, you throw 100 pitches, you dominate, and then every other day you come in and you get your rehab and you don't really have to do it much. Trayvon Henderson comes into the game, scores three touchdowns, and goes to sit down and have a Gatorade because why carry, why carry the I've ball 25 times when you're up 50 I've, points? Like, do you, yeah. do, you, do you know what I'm trying to say yeah. here? Like he, I've got a better analogy. He's a drop-the-mic guy. He comes in, scores a touchdown, and leaves. Uh, he's like uh, George Costanza in that, in that episode of I'm out, Seinfeld. Jerry. I'm out of here. You know, he drops a good line and he's out of there. I mean, that, that's kind of what it's been like. It's been cool to watch. I think the, the coolest thing about it is he can say that today about how, oh, I'm fine with it. I'm happy about it. But yeah. this past Saturday night, he was. Well, what else did he say? I said. Well, he was looking for that helmet to go back in there on Saturday. You know, he wants more reps. And he mm -hmm. said that the 20 carry games will come. Yeah, and they're coming. I and think it's coming this weekend. Oh, I think that starts of against Penn State. You get into these November games, Ohio State's going to continue to throw the football, but I think that this game, especially after what Illinois put on film for, uh, in the Penn State game last week, uh, this will be a, a run-heavy game for Ohio State in my opinion. But uh, anything else jump out to you? Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison were out there, Matt Jones. Marvin Harrison hasn't had any complaints about the way he's being brought along. and. Of course, he understood 
the room he walked Did into you know there. His dad play, played NFL Yeah, his football? dad, yeah. Was, was he getting good? Yeah, he was an NFL Hall of Fame. He was oh, NFL, wow. He's in the Pro Football Hall yeah, of Fame, actually. How about that? Yeah, he's a pre, he was a pretty good player. I just learned that today. And, you know, and the thing he talked about, it, you know, one of the things, the difference in the, the, the game from high school was just like you heard from Travion Henderson, how much more physical it is. But these guys are adjusting pretty well on yeah. the fly. One of the things that really stood out to me didn't happen at a microphone or anything, these guys walked in to stretch. And as businesslike as Ryan Day was yesterday, this is about as loose as a one-loss team who could have its season derailed any Saturday, given Saturday, can possibly be. You know, they're all business when they absolutely have to be, but this team is so confident right now. They're playing with an edge, they're playing confident, they're not playing cocky, but at the same time, it's a loose group of guys who's having a lot of fun doing it. And that, when, you're, when you take that business-like approach, you know, we see it at Alabama, and every once in a while you see Alabama kind of crack a little. When you take a business-like approach, but you save some room to just be loose and be, a, you know, just a group of 18 to 22-year-olds, like that is a very dangerous thing to be when you talk about the other teams in the Big Ten. And I think this Ohio State team can only continue to get better because of the fact that they can turn that switch whenever they need to. Do you think that that's related to Ryan Day understanding how young this team is and knowing mm -hmm. that he, Absolutely. he has to be a little looser? Yes. Because if you think about him Saturday night pregame and that pregame circle, you know, when they were doing the Dan Ryan Day out there jumping around doing, I've never seen him do that before. And I think he's realizing that the, the youth on this team needs a little bit of that give and take from him to, it can't be 100% serious all the time when you're dealing with the youngest roster in, in Power 5 football. Yeah, and I, to try and treat this many 18 or 19 year olds like an NFL franchise would be shortchanging them on an experience for one, but for two, they don't, they don't know the routine. I, I think we would look back to the Oregon game and think about the situation, like the first time that they stay at the Blackwell and the first time that, you know, Travion Henderson is going into the horseshoe that's completely full for a, a big-time game against a good team. Like, I, it doesn't really surprise me. They've never been through the pregame warm-ups and the, all the stuff that comes with that. I think that's relevant. Like, I'm not excusing the loss. I'm just saying that a lot of these things were happening to them for the first time before the game even started. So to treat, to expect that they would go out and do all of the warm-ups the exact same way that Justin Fields did or Dwayne Haskins did before that, or JT Barrett would be yeah. folly. Like CJ Stroud is doing it for the first time. Like that's, that's just like a I, fact. I keep telling people, man, you're seeing something special this year. You're watching a team grow up right in front of you from the quarterback on. I mean, and it's, it's actually really cool. Even an offensive line that got shuffled around, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, you're just seeing these guys grow into like a real, a real powerful looking college football team. And it's, I think it's going to continue. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, you know, here's Ohio State, it's got one loss, can't afford to lose again, obviously. You got a team that just lost its second, for its second time coming in. And this was going to be the big early, you know, uh, Big Ten showdown is the, I don't know, is the momentum so much more, so much so on Ohio State side? And how would you describe Penn State's momentum? What are they playing for at this moment? I don't, I mean, I, I honestly believe this. I'm not just saying it as somebody who's been critical of James Franklin. I don't know what Penn State would be playing for. Their coach doesn't know what team they're playing for this week. They don't know, he doesn't know what stadium they're going to. I don't know how you walk into that locker room and say, let's really get ready to turn around from what happened, the most embarrassing loss of his tenure, yeah. and say, let's let's rally. I mean, he can say that, but I don't know who's going to believe yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, it seems pretty clear. Clearly, it, they, all have, they all know that LSU and USC are pursuing him and that he is not saying he won't take it. Yeah. So 
Yeah. That's the part to me that I have a hard time looking at the number for this week and the matchup for Ohio State and saying, you know, is this the guy that they want to go to war for? That's no, why this, yeah. this is the guy who loses 15 players a year to the transfer that, portal. Like, yeah. They already don't buy what James Franklin is selling. That's why I'm so curious to see what kind of team shows up here on Saturday night. I think we know what Ohio State's going to show up with, uh, the fire, the verve. I'm just interested in watching uh, Penn State that first half to see what they're made of. I think Penn State will be – I think the players – and, again, I said this on another video, on the Bold Predictions video, which people will see on Friday morning. But Spoiler alert. I, I, I think that Penn State <laughs> – this guy. The kids on the roster are very talented. The kids on yeah. that roster are very competitive. Those kids understand what people are going to be saying and have been saying now for the last couple of days about the USC job. The LSU. like those kids are playing for themselves. They're playing for for the the program that they play in. Maybe not James Franklin. Maybe 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 so James Franklin. I don't know. We don't know how he's able to smooth right. things over right. in the locker room, but yeah. he's obviously good at that. He's done it his whole career. He's he's a one of those guys that people are like oh that's well that's why I threw it out there because I think it's a he's curious a moment. Salesman of. What he's selling, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's going to be a better game than people are, are anticipating. That's my my feel on it. Just you know, last thought is, when when a team that doesn't know if everybody's bought in gets punched in the mouth, do you punch back, or do you do you really start to to check yourself and wonder where well, things yeah. are heading? You and find I, out real quick who, who if people did buy in. Absolutely, and right. and I I don't know that that is there for this Penn State team because it has a coach that's got two feet out the door, not just one. And so I I, yeah. I just wonder what happens when Ohio State Let me, let me circle State back. Yes. That means Jahan Dotson's got to make some plays on Saturday night. Well, and Sean Clifford's got to get him the ball. He's going to have to yeah. do it on Denzel Burke. And yeah. we'll find out uh, if what's true and what's not on Saturday night at 730, Ohio State and Penn State. The Wednesday night tradition on the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. The last two scholarship players off the field tonight, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Seven Banks. Again, he's making a habit. Uh, that cornerback who struggled, started the year struggling, uh, turning in the extra work, getting ready for the second half or this championship push. Just to throw that update out there as we do every Wednesday when we get to see it. That's Berm, Spencer, Tim. I am Austin. This has been the Practice Reports brought to you by Byers Auto. Stay with us for full coverage of Ohio State and Penn State at LettermanRow.com.